The Solid 7 Podcast is fueled by Jocko Go. Engineered for anyone who wants to get after it in life, pre-meeting, pre-testing, pre-negotiation, or pre-mission. If you're looking for an extra cognitive or physical edge, Jocko Go is your force multiplier. With 95 milligrams of caffeine and zero sugar, the keto-friendly Jocko Go will give you a physical and cognitive boost without the crash that you experience with average energy drinks. Visit JockoFuel.com today, and you can use our promo code SOLID7, that's S-O-L-I-D-7, to get 10% off your order. Get on the path and get after it. Oh, and because lawyers exist, these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and this product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Solid 7 Podcast, a better than average podcast, if I do say so myself, and we all know that I do, I am, of course, your gracious host, Kale, and back with me this week, you know her, you love her, the artist formerly known as Professor Rebecca Strangarity. Welcome back. Hey, hey, hey. thanks for having me. Uh, well, was- it's always nice to have a seasoned uh, Solid 7 professional here on the podcast with us that already knows the drill doesn't need coaching doesn't need prefacing knows exactly where we need to start and that is of course with jacko go i have been waiting all night for this Becca, what are you drinking there uh i'm going uh sour apple sniper this evening Ooh, okay okay i have pink mist but i have to tell you i gave the one of my sour apples to a friend i think it changed her life that's, it's fantastic that's what it does that's that's just part and parcel of so good partaking mm-hmm. so uh, becca it's been a minute it's been a while y- yeah you're usually in pretty heavy rotation here on the podcast and just the way things have fallen it's been a little longer duration than usual now becca is coming to us live tonight evidently from like the back kitchen of a chili's um so, uh, you know, can you hear, can you hear the background noise? No, it's all, it's all good. That's real life. That's, that's podcasting here at the, the solid seven podcast. This yes. is, this is where all of my, um, you know, posturing of being like here in the studio with us, they're like, Re- really, really studio. The people, the people know better. No, it's, it's fine. No, yeah. I, she's, you guys can't see her cause this is a, a you know, an audio only podcast, mostly, because of my face, but she's like politely shushing her parents who are adorable and the best, and they can generate all the background noise for this podcast that they want. They should not be shushed. I will so. pass it on to the mother and the father that they can be as loud as they want. <laughs> um, so yes, community living. Gotta love it. Uh, so good. So good. Um, yeah, I'm out of rotation, but dude, holy heck, you have been killing it with the guests. Well, hey, you know. We do what we can. I just feel uh, not even worthy to follow the last couple of weeks you've been having. Oh, so. no, not at all. Hey, you know, regulars are are the bread and butter here at the Salt Seven Podcast. We we like a you know a little celebrity. We like a little a little flash, a little pizzazz. But uh, you know, regulars <laughs> are regulars for a reason. You guys are fun. So, well, I love it. Thank you. Good to be back. Good to be back. Uh, but you've had a you've had a title change. 
I have had a title change. So. You have uh, always been our resident professor here at the That's podcast. True. I know. So your intellectual knowledge just went down the tubes. I'm sorry to say. Um, no, I'm still an adjunct professor. So you can keep some intellectual property. But yeah, I just, uh, for a lot of reasons, um, just felt like it was kind of time to move on. And I uh, had a coworker who had left uh, earlier in the year and had offered me a job or sent me a link to a description and said, this is who you are. Literally, you should consider applying for this, which is always, I think, just as a woman uh, in today's society or any time in society, just a gift when you have uh, like a brother who says, you should apply for this job. I think you'd be great and kind of opens the door for you. It's really a gift. So anyways, I'm now working at a church full time, um, which for me is really fun. It's a, it's a larger church for me of about uh, 750 people. So just getting in the swing of so many people. Um, but I'm in charge of discipleship and um, kind of small groups, community life um, for the church, which is just super fun. So I am on day eight, so it is a brand new <laughs> position for me. So, so what's, your, what's your title here at this church? So I'm called the Next Steps Director. Next Steps Director. Okay. I yeah. just want to make sure that you weren't going to be angering the Southern Baptist Convention uh, with your, your new title, because they get a little, a little choosy a little, with the job picky. titles for the ladies. Yeah. Yes, they're not, uh, which it's just, anyways, yeah, they're not into women being pastors. So that's, that's cool. Um, <laughs> for for my, the listeners who aren't Baptist or aren't Christian or yeah. just couldn't care less to follow any kind of like Christian news or, or church politics, the Southern Baptist Convention, their official, um, whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, bylaws, guidelines, whatever, don't allow churches to hire women in the pastor, in the, in the role, in the time, in, in, in the, give the women the title of pastor. Correct. And, uh, if you're, if you've never heard of God or Jesus or Christianity or church, you've probably still heard of the book, the purpose driven life. Um, if like us here on the South Zone podcast, you're fans of the, uh, the Office, uh, the American version of The Office, it got an honorable mention uh, on the show from uh, Angela Martin, uh, but it was written by Rick Warren. So, I mean, it was a, it was a pretty big book in and outside of Christian circles, really. And so Rick Warren pastors uh, a pretty large, uh, what up until recently was a Southern Baptist church, uh, and uh, and the SBC, they, they booted him because he, uh, he had women on staff uh, serving as pastors, and so... It was a yeah. it was a hot topic in the Christian circles there for a while, and so Becca and I are having a little fun with that story, and that's the background there. Now we're we're all on the same page. Yeah, Christian, uh, Christian, uh, what's it? I don't know, subculture, Christian issues. But yeah, he had a very impassioned plea. They kicked him out, and then they had their big annual meeting just last week for the listeners, and he gave a very impassioned plea and was crying. And afterwards, the whole committee still voted to kick them out so they're no I'm not gonna lie. I, you know i don't uh I, I have you would be very well versed in the actual uh 
you know, theology behind this and scriptural basis sure. behind this. And of course would come down, uh, I, I, any, any listener who's listened to you before would know you'd come down opposite of the, of the Southern Baptist convention on this. Yeah. I, I'm not well-versed in it and, uh, I, I'm not going to sit here and, and try and eloquently defend one side or the other. I will oh. say just the brat in me is a little bit like <laughs> when you're like, he made an impassioned plea. He even cried. And they're like, cool, cool. Bye. I, I kind of yes. like that outcome. <laughs> I mean, there's there's entertainment value there. I'm not defending their decision or his. I'm just yeah. saying the... There's a lot of irony. Yeah. Kind of, the, the cynic in me is like, mm-hmm. you cried and they still yes. got... It's not like trying to get out of a traffic ticket, dude. What are you crying for? Yeah, it is. It is pretty funny. I watched the video, of course, and all the conversations online. I didn't go crazy. Last time something in the subculture Christian world happened, as you know, I went bananas on my Instagram story for about two days. I was pretty chill this time, but I was, you know, eating my popcorn and watching it all go down because, you know, as a Christian, I feel like I'm allowed to mock the stupid things that we do and say and can we just not? I mean, can we just not? So, <laughs> uh, I can't keep track of all the things that you sound off on in your stories. And I got to admit, I, I don't see them as much now because I'm not as present on Instagram. That's um, right. You're not. And Twitter so, over. yeah, it's, uh, I'm not, not there. Like I'm still posting about the the show and stuff and I still try and check in, but there's just so many yeah. hours of the day and so much energy to, uh, you know, devote to these things. So you're talking about when you were sounding off on, we'll just say a, a pretty popular and well-known uh, Christian podcaster, TV host, blogger, Instagram personality, what, however you describe her. Right. I did. You had strong uh, thoughts. Can't remember if we talked about that last time you were on or not. Last time you were on, you were properly in studio. You were in person. We didn't, we didn't have these screens between us last time right. you, were, you were here for right. a visit. But, uh, and I know the, the job change was on the horizon then, but not finalized. And well, I think it was finalized, but couldn't be public. Yes. I think it, I think I had just signed the week I flew to see you the day before I came, but nobody knew at either job. So yeah. we couldn't, of course, yeah. talk about it. So, I mean, uh, listeners, and I don't think we're there yet. You know, if you're, if you're new to us, if you found us because of, of some of the, the guests that have been on, uh, recently, which if you're behind in episodes, if you if you're like, oh, I like Becca, I'll listen to this episode, and you've skipped some, go back. Like if you're missing episodes, you're missing out. Um, but uh, um, so if you're newer and you're like, why does anybody give a crap that this chick changed jobs? Listen, there's there's, there's a phenomenal story here that I desperately want to tell on the podcast. Me too. And we're just not we're just not there yet. Uh, maybe we maybe never, maybe we never will be. Maybe this is like one of those things where it's like you fall in love with the first season of a show and it gets canceled and ends on a cliffhanger and you never, you never get that resolution. That's uh, no, no, we'll have resolution and you will have exclusive rights. Yeah. I, I promise. Yeah. Just listeners stay tuned. Now listen, when- I'm holding you to that because there is, but, uh, well, never mind. Never mind. I'm just, Never mind. Okay. Anyways, you will get exclusive rights. I'm like, but, but there's people vying for the rights. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm. <laughs> that's all. I understand. I'm not the only one that wants to tell this story. Uh, You're not. 
but so old. you had uh you know a, what i'm gonna say lovingly lovingly with all due respect just a very becca start to your relationship with your new congregation um what do you mean i mean you you were headed i see i'm, I'm like i'm not I'm not super present on Insta now, but I'm still there. Okay. And Becca was very dutifully, uh, you know, being, uh, you know, a new, uh, you know, member of the, the staff at a church, uh, even before she started, was, was just headed off to a church function, just gonna, just gonna hang with the people, just gonna fellowship. And what happened when you got there, Becca? I don't know. What's, what story are you setting me up for? You went I'm to the so wrong confused. spot for some like ice cream social or something. Oh, <laughs> where are you setting me up? What is the story? This is so embarrassing. Oh my word. Okay. Now I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I was lost. Uh, it is, you know, my eighth day of a new job. So my brain is gone. Listen, listeners, let me tell you, I am in charge of kind of, as we said, all discipleship. So Sunday school, small groups, men's ministry, women's ministry, including the marriage ministry, even though, as you all know, if you're faithful listeners, I am single. So um, they told me they're having this end of year ice cream social the week before I was to start. They're like, why don't you come? It'd be so fun to meet all the leaders. So I'm like, great. The girl sends me the address. This is about a week before that morning, we're texting to confirm, and I show up, and granted, I haven't gotten the times down yet, so I was already like three to five minutes late, somewhere in there, to the location, and I show up, and on the door is a note saying, we're not here, we've moved to the church. <laughs> so instantly, I'm like, okay, that's cool. Where the heck is the church? Praise God for the GPS in our phones. So anyways, I get into my car, and I punch it in. It's only about five, five-ish minutes away, but in total, now I'm about 20 minutes late to my first event that I am invited to as like the special guest to get to know all these leaders. So they were so sweet. Another couple had also gone to the wrong location. They still beat me, but of course, yeah, I showed up last person there and everyone was very kind, but it was just uh, hilarious. And I was live Instagramming story this as I was driving in my car because I was stress panicking. Um, but it ended up being fine. I, you know, tried to schmooze the people and it was, it was very sweet and very fun. And I think helped then that Sunday uh, to meet some people. They already wanted to give me hugs. Um, probably felt bad for me because <laughs> it was such a lost soul. I love but anyways. That. I, um, do you ever, do you ever think back to like our, our parents and like, you know, our parents are still around. Well, I mean, my dad's gone. Thanks for bringing it up, Becca. Yeah. But, um, you yeah. know, for that generation, but particularly the generation before them, like if you ask those people for directions, they gave you directions. Like yes. there were street names, there were relatively accurate distances. There mm-hmm. were landmarks. And I just feel so less than because I possess none of that. Mm-hmm. Um, like I can tell you what street I live on 
and I can name some of the surrounding streets. Right. That's like, hey, how do I get to this one thing? Nope. Nope. Major arteries. I'll I'll give you. Okay. Or they're like, oh, you're going to go south on this road. What is south? Do I look like I have a compass? Why are you giving me a direction? Why are you giving me a cardinal direction? Do I turn mm-hmm. to tell, right or left? Tell me right or left. Um, right. And, uh, and I, I'm, I'm jealous of it. I'm doing nothing to build that skill set up. Uh, I'm not looking to flex that muscle. I'm not going to stop uh, mapping things. But, mm-hmm. uh, but then I'm like, oh, I should, be, I should be better than this. Like I remember my, uh, my great aunts after we moved to Florida, they would come down in the summers mm-hmm. and they would get me and they would drive me back up to Illinois and I'd spend the summer up there and we'd have mm-hmm. straight up like, you know, the giant like poster board sized, like Rand McNally Atlas. And right. that's how we're navigating back up, you know, ac- all right. the way across the country and how we're picking out what exits we're going to take. Like who, mm-hmm. what was life, man? Was life. I every night this week I've been at a different person's house, um, which is very sweet. Good Lancaster people, and at the one of them, they were younger, so it was a little more comfortable and like jokey. And by the end of it, I just said, "How would I have gotten home back in the day?" Because they're on such a farm, country road, lane after lane. I don't really think they would even have been on the you know the eight pages of map quest that we used to print out let alone the rand mcnelly like what did, what literally what did we do yeah i it just i think i take for granted so much how the phone helps me navigate have you heard of or listened to or watched any of the sean ryan show it's a no, it, what's that? um it's a it's a podcast he does video and audio uh, Sean's a former uh, SEAL, and then he went to work for the CIA for a while. And he's been doing okay. his podcast for, I'd guess, a little over a year now, because I think he's into the 50s or 60s on his episodes. Okay. But he's just had these big, hard-hitting episodes. Like, he's gained a ton of traction with his podcast really, really fast. And he had this guy on a few uh, episodes ago who has done this documentary on our electrical grid in America in all of its many um, very, very disturbing vulnerabilities um, from things, even like, you know, look no farther than the issues they've had uh, in Texas, but uh, you know, other areas of the grid, anytime it's really, really hot or really, really cold. Um, But uh, just like the vulnerability to attack, like how, how soft, are like substations are as targets. So there's like, if I'm quoting him, him correctly from that episode, something like 50, 55,000 substations in the country, right? Uh, okay. So a whole bunch. If you take out the right, and again, go back and check out this episode. If I remember, yeah. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, but uh, like either eight or nine substations, the whole grid goes mm-hmm. down. Oh, that's cool. Not like regional, not like, and there was, if you remember the news uh, a few months back ago, might've been February, people actually just, just fired some, some bullets, just shot guns at a substation and took out a large portion of North Carolina's grid. What, what wasn't widely advertised is that area of the grid uh, was Mm -hmm. right around um, 
hang on, it'll come to me. What is the big fort there? It's where uh, it's Fort Bragg, which I think yeah. they've I think they've recently renamed. But uh, yes. much like the Sears Tower, it's always going to be Fort Bragg, Fort um, which is home to uh, America's special forces, along with other special operations elements. So, a lot of people in and around that community. Uh, mm-hmm. were without power for several days. So this guy breaks down, but it's not just like vulnerable to attack. It's not just vulnerable to like major weather events, but then even like a massive solar flare would just take the whole thing down, which has happened in like quasi-modern times. It was like the early 1900s. So everything was still like telegraph and stuff, but it like shocked telegraph operators and it knocked things out then. But uh, like the little electronics that we're all running off of now, including our cars and everything else are super susceptible. And so like, it's just terrifying to listen to this thing, but it gets into like what kind of replacement parts are on hand if these things are damaged, who manufactures them. And if these things go down in any kind of significant quantity, it's down for months if not longer. And you think about like um, the pumps that get water to your home in whatever city you're at, the pumps in lift stations that take sewage away, the pumps that pump gas out of the ground and put them in your vehicle, everything, everything, everything. You don't have cash. I don't know who you are listening, but you don't have cash. Um, You're not going to the ATM. There's no power at the bank. The bank doesn't have that much cash in it anyways. Go ahead and try and make a large withdrawal from your bank. Try and make a five-figure withdrawal from your bank and watch them tell you how many days they need to put that money together for you. Days. Right. Um, right. They just don't sit on large cash cash supply. You're not going to Apple Pay. Right. Um, yeah. And so, You're not going to be charging your phone. Your phone's dead. And so we don't we don't have we don't keep these components in reserve. A lot of them aren't made here. They're not sitting in reserve where they are made. Um, and so evidently, there's some issue with some of these components because of uh, all the damage that's been done to the electrical grid in Ukraine, and their parts have gone there to to wow. make repairs. And I mean, this episode's just terrifying. But part of it is, if your vehicle still ran. Right. If this was some kind of enemy attack on our electrical grid, nefarious attack and not a solar flare. So your vehicle still runs and mm-hmm. you happen to have fuel in it. Mm-hmm. Where, how do you get where you're going? If you don't have an Atlas. I mean, it's true. So do you have an Atlas now in your car as well as the tourniquets? No, but I, I do have, thank you for keeping up. Yes, I do have. Uh, some dope tourniquets that have been added to our individual first aid kits uh, now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think I think it might be time. Can you even buy? I'm looking for this right now. Can you buy like a big road atlas now? Of course you can. Rand. Do they still do it? I want it to be Rand McNally. Rand McNally Fleet Solutions. That's not what I want. Yes, you can. Rand McNally Road Atlas. $16 on Amazon. All right. Get on this, people. Have I'm the, not even getting paid. Have the nationwide ones. Have the little detailed ones. Four dollars on thrift books. What? I don't want some. I don't want some used, out of date map. Well, of though. course you don't. But 
as a cheapo, I would take that one. This is hilarious. I um, didn't know that I was going to be terrified of this for the rest of my life, but thank you so much for telling me. Oh, about wait, all the ways. listen to the episode. It's worse than I made it out to be. Oh, awesome. I am yeah, so excited. It, it should be such a high priority in our country to well, be honestly. hardening our electrical grid right now uh, yeah. from all of these many, many threats, um, man-made man and otherwise, uh, and stockpiling uh, you know, repair items. Right. And, um, instead we're investing uh, in broadband. What's that? Which is, we're investing in broadband. Didn't you see? Yes. No, I'm very excited that our, this administration would like to invest $40 billion in solving a problem that Elon has already solved for us. I know it's really generous. Yeah. Like, Hey bro, just, just paste some Starlink. Cool. Or, or don't. Or, right. or don't. Right. Oh, so, I, yeah. Love that. The, the, the uh, like, oh, it's so easy for me to rabbit trail on this stuff. Like, it's just such a, if triggers are real, uh, yes, the things our tax dollars are spent on and whether or not it's an appropriate role of government or even constitutionally allowable. Uh, yeah. Like what is just gets, gets me oh. going, grinds my, my gears. gears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Uh, but alas, uh, yeah. Buy, buy an Atlas people and, uh, you know, maybe have some, some food that won't rot on the shelf stashed away and, uh, you know, a way to purify some water and, uh, and, you know, maybe be prepared for minor emergencies. Becca hit on that cause I've been posting about it on social media. We're of course, massive fans of Jack Carr here on the podcast and of the, terminal list series i know you started reading through the books are you caught up now i am waiting because i like to support the local library so i'm waiting for the most recent one i actually almost asked you maybe like two weeks ago i'm like i'll venmo you can you mail me your copy because i'm still i don't even know let me check what i add but i i have it in for kindle my dad has it in for hard copy and whoever gets it first we're gonna share Let's see how many. I was like one of 29 million, it felt like. You know, I mean, you just went I'm Amazon of the books. 60th in line. Like 60th. You know, where you're, could, you know where you're first in line is like Barnes & Noble or Amazon. Like you're right at the front listen, of the line. I know I could buy it. I understand. But I'm, you know, trying to be wise with my money so I can fly down to visit you and your lovely wife and children. Yeah. yeah. So, all I'm hearing is you don't think Jack's earned the money. That's, that's all. That's what I'm hearing. That's what America's hearing. I'm just going to Venmo Jack. <laughs> so, uh, but if, if you I haven't, if you haven't read a Jack Carr book, actually anything I would use as a reference, you probably haven't read because you're into the, if you're into this kind of stuff, you probably read, but um, you know, not unlike a, a Tom Clancy book, um, you know, these are, these are thrillers. These are, you know, kind of military themed spy ish, um, themed. And so, but Jack having actually lived the life, um, is, is even more detailed than most. And, and some of the gear that's used and involved and the equipment, stuff like that. And so you can actually pick up tidbits of just actually great kit from his books and one thing that just really stood out in this most recent one is he references 
these like very compact, like very easy to carry and have with you um, tourniquets from a company called Snake Staff Systems. Mm -hmm. And Snake Staff Systems are real and they're, they call them EDQ, not EDC for everyday carry, but it's like everyday carry tourniquet, I think is what the Q is for, but EDQ. And these things are impossibly small. Um, I'm trying to think like um, of just comparisons of things this is smaller and lighter than. Um, and all of my references involve gear Boys. that maybe isn't common to everyone, but I mean, they're not much bigger than the pocket knife I carry most days or the flashlight oh. that I carry most days. Or, uh, you know, a great reference is a Glock 19 magazine. I know that doesn't work for, for some people. Hopefully that works for most, if not all of my listeners. Um, but, uh, but it's even thinner than that. I mean, it's just so, so a tourniquet, if you're not familiar with it, it's, it's a medical device. Like it's a first aid device, but it's literally a strap that goes around an extremity, an arm or a leg. Uh, and it has, it's called a, a windlass on it. It's got like a stick on it that you twist to tighten this thing down. Because if you have an injury where you have an arterial bleed, you have oh. minutes to stop that, whether that's you or someone near you before they're dead. And it's like no oh. amount of putting pressure on, you might slow, you might buy seconds, but you're, um, like when you need, a, you may, you will probably never need a tourniquet in your life. But if you oh. do need a tourniquet, Nothing else will really do. And you'll see things, you know, MacGyver-esque in TV or movies where somebody's like, I'll use that belt or I'll use that strap. That's yeah. gar It's just really not going to work. It's really tough to improvise. Really an effective tourniquet. Uh, and it's really something that medicine has come around on and we, and we really kind of perfected the effectiveness of through 20 years of, of combat. So, uh, you know, one of the silver linings there is advancement in trauma medicine. And so, um, but uh, you know, most of the tourniquets on the market, it's just not the easiest thing to carry, particularly if you're not toting a purse or a bag or something like that. Mm. And these, like, I, I think I've outed myself here on the podcast of like, I've been rocking, you know, my go ruck fanny pack, um, which those, you know, in whatever iteration, whether it's go ruck or not, which if it's not, why isn't it? But a lot of, you know, fanny packs are in, uh, they again are. now. Like it's totally of the size where you could slide it in a pocket or something if you wanted to, a little fanny pack if you've got, you know, a little shoulder sling, whatever. They're just, there's room for these things anywhere. Stuff one in the car, stuff one in your bag. They're not mm -hmm. like crazy price. They're like somewhere right around 30 bucks, I think. I saw that yeah. actually when I, I followed your link and I'm like, this is really interesting. They seemed really great. Well, and if you have to use it, they'll replace it for you. Oh. They'll send you another one. For free? For free. Heaps. We should be buying this. Are you an affiliate? I'm not. I don't think there's, I don't know if they're even that big. I'm wondering how much they've gotten hammered since Jack put them mm -hmm. in the book. Yeah. Um, but uh, I've tried to show them some, like I've posted about it a bunch because oh. for real, like just life comes at you fast and it's, um, you know, you don't need to be in a combat zone to sever an yeah. artery in a, you know, in an extremity. And, you know, like your dad, Dr. Joe, he'll tell you, like, if you don't stop that, it's, it's minutes before you've lost enough blood where it's just over Jack. And, uh, and this is the difference between life and death. You put this thing on there, you know, you can learn to apply them yourself. You can apply them to other people and you lock it down and you're, you're pretty much good to go. Um, 
So, and they've just done some really innovative stuff with the design on these. There's even like an integrated cool. glow stick that when you apply it, the little glow, glow stick, uh, stick actually snaps and glows. So like if you're on an accident, you roll up on an accident scene at night or you've been in an accident, you grab your first aid kit from your car or something and you apply one of these when, mm. when EMS, when the first responders arrive, they'll easily be able to identify where that tourniquet's applied. That's really, really cool. Yeah. It's actually. a super clever little innovation. So yeah, yeah, I really so, love that. Yeah, I ordered four because we we keep some bigger first aid kits in both of our vehicles, uh, okay. and then wanted to have so I added one to each of those, and then one just for us to to have flip around on yeah. us. And you just, I mean, it's just so they don't take up much space. Just do it. They're not that much money, and uh, you know if you ever have to use one, then let us know. Podcast, come and tell us the story. I love it. That'd be kind of dope it. if somebody's like, I saved a life because of the Solid 7 podcast. It is really dope. It's like the office ladies. Yeah. When they were talking about the episode, how do you do CPR to stay in alive? And people actually use that in real life. And then they brought that on the stories. So you're one step closer to the office ladies now, too. Yeah. You don't it. even need Red Cross certification anymore. You can just, if you just watch the office, you can do CPR. You'll be fine. You can do CPR. You're going to be fine. I, I you know, in my mild-mannered day job, I have to maintain CPR and first aid certifications. Oh, is it? So I have to update them every, it's like every two years. And okay. it's just funny because all of the CPR training these days uh, incorporates training for AEDs. So for the little portable defibrillators. Mm -hmm. And those things, they talk to you when you power them on. And they literally give you CPR instructions so, you know, the people that come in to redo our certifications are always a little annoyed with me because my take is always like as they're quizzing you and testing you, I'm like, the whole deal here is what I'm going to do is I'm going to open the AED. I'm going to turn the AED on and I'm going to do whatever the AED tells me to. And that should be the end of class. But this is the same situation, Kale, as with the cars. Like what happens if the AED system is malfunctioning but it's still working to shock somebody then it's god's will becca for them wow. it's their time okay fair <laughs> enough fair enough time's up okay fair enough yeah if you if okay. if you're unlucky enough that you're uh having some car some cardiac event or you need cpr mm. and you need the ad and the battery's dead it's just your time yo okay fair enough it's their fault for not needing a tourniquet, which you could have helped them yeah. with. I regret saying that out loud now because I feel that'd be just just my luck, just tempting fate. Just be like, okay, funny man. Let's not let's let's uh let's think of better days, better days, better things. But I did think that tourniquet looked really cool when you posted about it. Yeah. So and you know, hey, Snake Staff Systems, a Solid Seven Podcast sponsor. I mean, just hand in glove. That's all I'm saying. It works so well. I love a, it. Give us a call. I love it. Uh, so speaking of someplace where tourniquets might come in handy, Russia was a little crazy last week, eh? Wow. Things I never had on my 2023 bingo card was uh, the Wagner Group trying to overthrow Putin and actually hoping that Putin would remain in power. 
I, I didn't know that, you know, in most situations, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. In this situation for America and the entire world, the enemy of our enemy is a worse enemy. I don't even... And yet the wild card is how did Alexander in Belarus convince, like, how is he coming out the victor in all of this for brokering peace? I hope your listeners are aware of what's going on in the world, by the way. Anyways, I just, what made him try to go towards Russia, like Moscow, and how did, you know, Alexander in Belarus, I just, the other thing is, there's no media coming out of Russia, like, did any of this actually happen, or is this just a ruse? That's what I want well, to know. That's the thing, right? And so, one, it's been so funny over the last week, and I mean... I say the last week, the last year, the last decade or whatever, mm. but to watch the interwebs pivot from like everyone being submarine and submersible experts to everyone yes. being experts on Russia and geopolitics to everyone being now I get that, you know, I I'm sitting here as the host of a podcast where it's like, right. we're going to talk about all kinds of topics that we have no particular expertise in and give our takes. But I mean, that's life. You sit around, you talk about things, I'm not holding my, myself up as an expert. Um, but, uh, you know, so, so there's that, but Russia's even doubly so difficult, right. To penetrate that veil. If you don't, if you don't really understand the culture and if you don't really speak the language, if you're getting everything translated, um, you know, on top of then fog of war and any intentional disinformation propaganda, um, it's just tough. So for the listeners, if you've been living under a rock, right, obviously Russia's had beef with Ukraine for some time now. They took Crimea back under Obama, um, mm -hmm. you know, and so they, they've been there. What was what they thought was going to be a very quick action. And of course, they're they're mired in this uh, right. so, this war with okay. Ukraine now that we're, you know, sent spending billions and billions of U.S. dollars on. Um, and right. so within Russia, they've got, which I don't think this is a fair comparison. I think this is a disservice, but if you, if you think of groups like back, like Blackwater, so, um, you know, independent, uh, contractors in defense. Um, so Russia has a group that is just very loosely similar like that. So it's quote unquote, not officially part of the Russian government or military, the Wagner or Wagner group, whatever we're supposed to call it. I don't care. This is America. Um, so they've, they've had this force and I mean, it's been widely accused, if not proven of committing war crimes and atrocities in all kinds of different conflicts all over the globe. It's a, it's a real weird deal. Cause it's run by this guy that they refer to as Putin chef. So this guy was some kind of Pergozin is his last name. Um, and he was like, he did time in prison when he was young. I can't remember if he was involved in organized crime or what the deal was. Got out, like ran a hot dog cart or something. I don't know. Yes, but like became a caterer, <laughs> like ended up serving food to Putin. Got like in his inner circle. I'm way dumbing this down, by the way, but this is still not far off. Um, so ends up like this confidant of Putin and founds this Wagner group. 
of Ooh. basically mercenaries. Um, they just they don't deserve the courtesy of being called like professional contractors. Like there's a lot mm-hmm. of our guys in the military, in our special forces, in special operations that go on post-military to work for these private contractors. And they fill gaps of, you know, like security and different things like that and different hotspots around the world. Um, and they're professionals and they're highly trained and and what and which these these troops, these Wagner troops seem to be experienced, then they're probably better at an individual level than run-of-the-mill Russian military, military um, that we've right. learned um, really is not the the professional military and the the competent military that we all I think would have expected prior to seeing what's going on in Russia in uh, Ukraine. But so they've been a big part of you know, this action in Ukraine and all of a sudden they're just Progrosin's got beef with effectively the secretary of defense. It's not the title there, but that would be the similar role. And he's just on his way to Moscow. And all of a sudden, like all the talk for a whole day, there was like, holy crap, what is going on? Is, is this a, is this a legit coup? Um, just nobody really right. knew what was happening. Uh, there wasn't. It, it may be that intelligence agencies were aware of this, and it just hasn't hadn't leaked or wasn't public knowledge. But this just seemed to come very, very what. out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were so many takes on it. And again, there's just so many veils to pierce with what's going on. One, like Russia's just prone to spin and, and propaganda. All governments are prone to spin and propaganda. Um, That's why freedom of the press is so important. Um, But uh, then again, like just Russian culture is so different. And it's, I I don't claim to have an understanding of it other than to understand that it's very different and to know I don't know enough about it. And like you just think about the way culture dictates governing and interpersonal relationships. And it's just very, very different. And I, I think it's one that legitimately is probably hard to fully understand if you haven't lived in it, haven't been immersed in it. And that's something you've experienced just yes. in what you've done or the time you've spent in Israel and missions work and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's a totally different thing to like, there's knowing about Israel and then, you know, Israel. Yeah. Experientially. Right? Like, you know, you know, the yeah, culture. So, absolutely. Um, and then the, the language barrier. It's very, very different, and it's just uh, it's just tricky geopolitically, and there's not a lot of legitimate – there's plenty of people willing to sound off, and people mm-hmm. who, you know, the way they present themselves and the way they present their credentials, you would want to think it's an informed take, um, and just really narrowing in on people who really do get it. That was the tough part, um, right. you know, and you're seeing all these images, but the problem is, is like, when is the image from? Where is it actually from? This right. easy, this very well could have just been in Ukraine. This could just be older, mm-hmm. and there's reports of like, mm-hmm. um, you know, helicopters or planes being shot down or not shot down, and right. it was just in insane. And then, yeah, the president of Belarus all of a sudden is negotiating some kind of peace, and they're just going to turn like Progozin's just happy he's gotten what he wants, and we're just going to bail. We'll go back to our camps, right. and I'm like. It doesn't make sense. No. And Putin doesn't, and Pogosin knows this because he was in Putin's inner circle. Um, Vladimir, my darling, he kills people. They you off know, people, they off people all over the world. All the time. I don't know why Pogosin thinks he's gonna live. Like it 
the whole thing is so fascinating to me. I, I watched an interview, it was about 30, 30, 40 minutes with Condoleezza Rice. And this is so embarrassing. I forget, was she Bush's national security? What was she in the cabinet? Was she, was she secretary of state? No, Colin Powell, no. What was she? This is so embarrassing. I can't remember. She uh, was we something were, very high We up. were young. It's fine. But Condoleezza did her uh, study abroad in Russia, fluent in Russian, before she was whatever position she was. Um, she was a liaison for like the Russian desk. So she, if anyone in America would know, it's her. She spent eight years in politics in D.C. She's met Vladimir. Okay. She has no clue what's going on. It was the most interesting interview because she's so articulate. Oh my gosh, she's just, I, I've always been in love with her. Yeah, she's a really impressive woman. Um, she's an incredibly impressive woman. And you know, she was a concert pianist. She like won merit. She's such an impressive woman. Anyway, she just was saying, this is the most insane thing. And no, but she, she could have no uh, articulation for why this happened, what possibly could have been in the like peace deal that was brokered. Uh, and just Alexander is a puppet. So him positioning himself also like Putin can't handle a threat to his power. So it's just interesting to me, Alexander comes up as a hero, you know, people's allegiance is going to swing that direction. He's going to be taken out also because nobody can be better than Putin. It's just, yeah, things I, I never thought, um, uh, would happen. I guess Ukraine has kind of capitalized on this and is now on the offensive and taken back some cities because the Wagner group was in charge of them. But man, it's just uh, quite, quite the interesting geopolitics going on over there. Yeah. And it was, you know, U Ukraine had launched, like they were already in the process of an, an offensive. Um, and it was kind of a gaining, they were making some gains We're largely talking gaining inches here and there. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, this whole thing appears, it seems to have been largely bloodless. Um, yeah. it didn't seem like there were really shots fired again. It's hard to tell. Some of the footage you see, see of like a helicopter being shot down or stuff like that. It's really hard to know if like, I haven't seen corroboration on any of those things being legitimate and actually from this, this whole debacle. And so like, that's very, very odd to me. And then, yeah, that he's just, he's allowed to live. It just, it feels very psyopish. It feels very much like some sort of faint, some mm -hmm. sort of misdirection, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like, did they just want to reposition the Wagner troops? Mm -hmm. um, and this gave cover to do that without it being, um, you know, you're playing a, a giant, literally you're playing the game risk here. Um, yeah. It's, I, I just, it's so weird. Like there's, right. if it was real, Putin's going to kill this dude or he's at least going to try. I mean, you just, I'm not a Russia expert. I don't speak the language. I don't understand the culture. What I do understand is that people who cross Putin tend to end up dead. They right. they end up as political prisoners. They, you know, they disappear right. to into prisons or they're just poisoned or they fall off a tall building on accident. I mean, it's, it's just, I mean, there's a pattern there. You don't need to be a geopolitical expert 
to to identify those patterns. Right. And like a betrayal from an inner somebody in his inner circle like this, where that all the reporting is that the dude's already like hyper isolated and paranoid. Anyways, right. I, I just everything's weird about this thing. Everything's weird about this thing. Uh, yeah. So I was real interested in like we we've talked about him on the podcast a lot um, uh, recently. Uh, Peter Zahan, who's who's done put out a ton of content. Mm-hmm around China mm-hmm. and population collapse. So it really has a good grasp on, right. uh, on Russia in that sense too. So I was really keeping an eye on what his takes were and he was hedging. Like, we don't know what this is. Really? Also, like you just don't like, what's, what's the win here? This like with Russia, they're the sit, like there really is something to be said for the devil, you know, and you know, we've already been through this dance with the breakup of the Soviet union. Uh, anyways, where it's like, all these nuclear weapons, like you need to know what the chain of custody is. You need to know who has what and where. Um, I I saw some reports that like they, um, you know, it was a kind of a misdirection where what Progrosin really wanted to do was he gained control of this particular facility at one point that had Mm -hmm. nuclear material or nuclear weapons. And after they had control of that for a while, then that's when they pulled back. Again, and I don't know what's real. I don't know. I, I haven't seen a ton of concrete, like, corroborated. Yes, this happened. Yes, this is what's going on. I do know, Ooh. like, we're massive fans. I don't know if you follow Jenna Lee or Smart Her News, uh, but Jenna is just this fantastic, actual, unbiased news source. And she had a guy on, and I forget his name, but he's mm-hmm. somebody who did live in the culture, does speak the language, oh, cool. does get okay. it, and then is a geopolitical right. mind. Uh, and so Great. that that interview is is worth a listen uh, over mm. on Smart Her News. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just strange. And it was like the, you know, the history and politics nerd in me mm-hmm. was very entertained, but I'm also like, oh, this could be real bad. Yeah. Like. Not great. Like, like. Bergozin would not have been if he had if it had been a successful coup, mm. um, which I think there was a lot of potential for it because I do think like the run of the mill Russian military they have not been having a good go of it in Ukraine. It's hard mm. to know what's real in the numbers of of casualties and that type of stuff, but it just hasn't been good. Um, and they've got to be wondering what they're dying for now. I think. Internally in Russia, I think they've done a great job of selling that they're fighting. Uh, And I'm not kidding. Like the propaganda within Russia has been that they're fighting actual Nazis in Ukraine. But I'm like, they've got to just be sick of just being bullet sponges in Ukraine anyways. And then like what you're going to march. You've got actual you got 25,000 just actual Russians on their way to Moscow and you want them to fire fire on actual Russians and fight and die. I, I don't, I don't know how successful they would have been in repelling it. If you could have convinced them to like, they might want to yeah. see a change, but Pergozin would not have been an upgrade. No, not at all. I I'm telling you, I never wanted Putin to be successful until last week for about 24 hours. No, oh, And it's annoying because I, I want to see him go away, but what I really want to see is because there's a lot of money in Russia. There's a lot of billionaires. There's a lot of mm-hmm. successful, though likely shady, um, you know, the Russian oligarchs. 
And like at some point they've got to, what I'm, what I'm hoping for is at some point they decide that the current regime is just too great a threat to their wealth and their business. Okay. And and they ask themselves. Right. That they see that getting getting rid of him and installing someone somewhat sane and more mm-hmm. willing to act, you know, like a normal human being on the world stage would mm-hmm. be better for business. They want to sell their wares. They want to sell their oil. Um, sure. You know. But does, like, I mean, I don't even know, but does Putin even leave the Kremlin? Like, how do you even breach the Kremlin? And I, I just, I don't know him dying, like how he leaves power barring natural death. And also who's going to succeed him? Because by nature, he can't have anybody, you know, behind him because that's a threat to his power. So who the heck is going to step in? It's, well, it's and very tumultuous. One thing like, and again, this would be a dangerous period because of their nuclear arsenal. But like part of part of the drum that Peter Zahan beats all the time, and he backs us up with data um, that he sees as big pending issues for China and Russia, both as population collapse and Russia, particularly now, like their young men, their sons, they're gone. It's not a massive population in Russia anyways. It's it's a huge landmass, but it's not a huge population in Russia. Um, You know, and same thing, China is facing a massive population collapse mm-hmm. too that that's part of what makes their economy such a house of cards like if your population is not growing your economy cannot continue to grow mm-hmm. uh, and if your population contracts your your economy is going to follow suit um and so that's that's coming for russia there's just no way around it like you're not going to birth babies fast enough to fix it uh but again russia as a failed state is a very dangerous thing too so don't love that. Yeah. It's such a, such a fun time to be alive. It's an interesting time to be alive, which makes me understand why people are choosing to go down in submarines two miles under the Earth's surface. Why not? You yeah, know? I don't know what to make of that story. I don't know what to make of that story because, like, the, the obvious temptation um, <sighs> is, like, they were being you know, careless and overly risky. And this guy's a cowboy and it was what they were doing was stupid. And anybody would get in the sub was stupid. And I get that take and I get the draw of that take, but I also see like people have kind of rediscovered this CBS story on it. And this guy like went down in that sub. They actually had issues while he was in it. Like they lost contact for like five hours or something like that. Um, And he's like, what I witnessed, he's like, yeah, were there technical issues where they're never, he's like, but what I witnessed was an extreme culture of safety. And there was like a three strikes rule where if any three issues were identified, mm, they didn't right. launch. And that could be like batteries in a flashlight were dead would count as a strike. Um, and even, you know, they're taking a lot of hits on, again, everybody became, you know, a submarine or a submersible expert, expert all of a sudden, you know, so right. everybody's ragging them for the, the carbon fiber and titanium hull. Um, but, uh, I was directed through sources to, uh, and this is factual. I can, I can put this in the show notes that that hole, or at least the materials for it, they worked Mm -hmm. in concert with NASA Marshall on that. 
Really? 100%. I think what just seems loosey-goosey to me is it literally was a Game Boy controller for a video game driving right. the ship. Right. But okay. see, that's the kind of thing where I felt like that was a cheap hit because that's the way things are now. That's not uncommon at all. Like we have actual military drones that you fly with not even – that was a Logitech-branded con- controller – but with literally Microsoft Xbox controllers, like that's not uncommon. That's not, you know, that it was wireless, okay. probably introduced a failure mode that didn't need to be there. Um, something hardwired and redundant. Maybe you could make a case for, you know, that being, and maybe they had redundant controls. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. It's like, maybe that was primary. Sure. And if that right. failed, you know, we pivot to, you know, the, the manual, the physical wired controls, but like to, that to me, like that wasn't a hit. I get that first glance. That looks ridiculous. Like, oh, these obviously weren't serious people. That's right. like uh, there. There's no real like design or engineering issue with that that I'm aware of. Again, not an engineer, not an electrical sure. engineer. Didn't stay at a Holiday Inn Select. Uh, but from talking to smart people, some of whom are engineers, uh, right? And uh, my my source on that, and listeners can can go back uh, some episodes and find him in knowing that NASA worked with them on that design, uh, also did engineering on submarines. So a pretty, a pretty decent source on these. And then people like, Oh, you know, they had off the shelf parts. I'm like, if you, if you need to put a handle inside of this thing, what's wrong with buying the handle from home Depot? Like you need to pay for some custom, you know, milled 3d printed, whatever aluminum hand, like, no, like, Like, that's a fair assessment. I think what got me, I mean, I'm not, I have so many friends. uh, I shouldn't say so many friends. If you have the wealth and you can do this, it's the ultimate in exploration. Fine. Use your money how you want to use your money. But from what I've looked at, it seems there's multiple tours you could have chosen. And as somebody who travels a lot um, and gets tours. I don't buy the cheapest tour option. I don't buy the most expensive, but I like to read the reviews and go with the middle of the road. And those are just for little dinky things like a boat tour when you can still see the land so you could swim to save yourself, right? If I'm going two miles under the ocean and what's an extra $20,000 to go with the tour that has better safety records? You know what I mean? That's yeah, my I thing. I, had to, I haven't There's looked into s- it. Is there more than one company doing this? Well, James Cameron, his thing goes, and there's another brand that also goes. So there's at least, I mean, maybe James only does himself, but there's another, you know, tour system that does stuff. Yeah. Um, so to me, but it's a little, it's like 20,000 more, but I'm like, first of all, when you're so filthy rich, $200,000, which is, I think, what the tickets were, two fifty, that's nothing. And so two seventy, come on, for more sustainable to life options? I, I don't know. I just feel really sad. I, to me, um, I, I read, I don't remember who, 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 who said this on, on one of the reports. Some guy in our military said that most likely it imploded and then the pressure is so severe you would die instantly. And I think that's the best. Why, why have we been talking about death so much tonight? Wow. But that's, 
in my mind. Yeah, I, I saw, and I can't remember who broke this down. I might have seen this from Neil deGrasse Tyson. I can't remember, but it's like the the difference in atmospheres from what you're used to. Like if you're in orbit in space, it's a difference of one atmosphere. Obviously, it's pressure going okay. in the opposite direction. Where okay. where they were at in the ocean was a difference of 400 atmospheres. Again, oh, wow. scientists, physicists, if I'm off on the number sum, it doesn't matter. Even if it's hyperbole, it's making the point um, that like it would, if there was a failure, it would have in, imploded. It would have killed them faster than the brain could have transmitted signals to like feel pain or, or recognize what was going right. on. Um, they are bringing up, like I, you know, I saw news reports the last few days. They're, they found some remains. Yeah, they, it seems like they found some remains and, yeah. uh, you know, they're bringing up materials and they'll, they'll piece this thing together and they'll figure out what went wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't, I think I'll like snorkeling, I think is okay for me. I think I'm good with the, the snorkel. I did. It was like, just, um, where we're at culturally right now, like seeing there was, there was a large subset of people Mm. like reveling in like these rich people getting theirs. And it it was just so gross. I'm like, how is this where we're at? Mm -mm, mm -mm. I didn't see that. And I'm really glad because yeah, that's truly sick. And that, that is, I think, what typifies this cultural moment. That is so sad, Kale. Even if I disagree with so many things about you, I mean, we're talking about, you know, the fact I work at a church now, so you could say I'm an uber-Christian. Even if your personal beliefs differ than mine, I would hope that you would never revel in my death, that I would never revel in yours, that you would see me as a human with uh, you know, inherent worth and dignity and honor and want to treat that person with kindness. And yeah, I'm very aware. This is actually something I don't know if we talked about in person. I don't think we did on the podcast. When I was choosing to leave the school to go to the church, I did really think through uh, the visuals of that. And when I introduce myself now as I work at a church full time, that has inherent ideas and connotations. And I don't love some of those connotations if I want people to see me and know me as Rebecca, who I am before they associate all these connotations that may or may not fit me individually, whether they're, you know, associated with my religious beliefs or not. Um, yeah, I didn't see anybody saying that they were happy and that makes me glad because that would have broken my heart if I saw that. Well, what drives it is there's a portion of the population at this point where you see somebody very wealthy, particularly billionaires are are just an an easy target. It's they must have done something wrong to get Mm -hmm. that money or they must have wronged someone. There's no way they could have legitimately gained that wealth or gained that value. And because they have it, they took it from others. And it's that concept of nobody needs, nobody needs that much money. Um, and it's that whole thing that drives all this thing. So then they're like, Oh, now you're, now you're getting yours. That's, that's the sentiment, uh, driving it. And it's just, again, it's just so, it's like all this, it's funny. 
because it's it's the left, it's the more liberal that has an issue with this concept of othering, right? right. Which I, I is stupid terminology. I'm not a fan of it, right? Because it's it's just it's it's just dehumanization. That's what othering is. Um, you know, but it's not that they have a problem with it. They're more than willing to other people. They just like mm-hmm. their criteria for othering right. better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's and true. so and so it's easy to other billionaires. Mm-hmm. And when you reduce somebody to just what is different and other separate than you, it's very easy to demonize them because you don't have to have any empathy or desire to connect. So yeah, it's very sad. And I mean, with all the inflation, a billion dollars isn't what it used to be, anyways. People, I mean, come on, you're barely, you're barely scraping by. Yeah, what do you mean? One billion, two billion? Are you poor? Yeah, seriously. So, yeah. So, so I, I don't know. It was a bummer. It was, um, I, I was rooting for the you know the movie ending. Oh, the you know, oh, it's no. a, a little frustrating to find out after the fact that's. Evidently, we had pretty good information that this was a done yeah. deal, basically right when they lost contact and that everybody's just kind of getting strung along, um, right. which you listen to. There's been interviews with James Cameron where I think James Cameron's kind of a, I can't remember if this is terminology I've used on the podcast before, but I think James Cam- James Cameron's kind of an arrogant douche anyways. Um, oh, yeah. But, uh, but he's also incredibly knowledgeable and accomplished in like the dude's gone down to the bottom of the Mariana trench uh, in a, in a submersible submarine camera, what the difference supposed to be in them. Um, And so he really knows what he's talking about and like hearing interviews with him. He's like, no, I, everybody, everybody who knew, knew, Knew. right. Right. Like if this is, if you're in this space, everybody's like, yeah, it's. I know. Which is like the ultimate. I told you so not helpful, James, like people have lost their family members you saying, well, I knew on Sunday. Okay, thanks. Like, flex much? Like, how does that help humanity? Yeah. It's also very Whatever. easy to say after the fact, right? Of course. <laughs> yeah. We all knew, James. We all knew. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Anyways, not a fan. Not yep. a fan. But did you see Netflix talking about, like, capitalizing on people's pain? Netflix bumped up Titanic. It's going to come out July 1st and their new releases for the month. Is it confirmed? I saw it, but is it confirmed they bumped it up? Well, I didn't see it on their coming out list before and it is now. So I think it's just, uh, I think the miss, I think it was probably already coming. Like getting streaming rights is always such an involved thing. I'm sure those deals take a significant amount of time. It was probably always coming. Uh, I'm like the miss here was not delaying it. Like if it well, was regu- if it was regularly scheduled, fine. But let's be like, now's not the time. Yes, a kind person with a heart, which I tend to think you don't have. That's the proper response. But Netflix sees the money. Let's make some money. People are going to watch it. Um, I'm just saying, I've never seen that movie, and I will go to my grave never seeing that movie. Speaking so of Net- Netflix, and I came way late to the show, and I get it because it ended. I want to say way late, and like four years ago. Are you going to talk about Stranger Things again? No, I've gotten thoroughly <laughs> sucked into the show Suits. You watch Suits? Oh my gosh! What are you BFF with the princess now? Um, listen, and I, I think I think I mentioned this um, 
in the uh, the episode with uh, Steph, but uh, it, it's great despite Meghan Markle. It's pre-Princess Days. It's before she broke up, like, the closest brothers on planet Earth. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and maybe, like, I just can't see past the real person. I'm like, she's not that good. She's not a very good actress. I mean, she's, okay, not, she's just okay. But, like, did you ever watch the show Boston Legal when it was on? No, but I heard it was great. It was fan. I heard Suits is good. Like yeah. people say it's actually really well done. It's like, but I just, it's I can't right in that vein of Boston legal. Like mm-hmm. it's, it, it could be a spinoff. It scratches that itch. Uh, okay. 100% Boston legal. I haven't gone back and watched it, but I'm going to guess Boston legal largely holds up. Mm-hmm. Um, man, that was a great show. And so I've really enjoyed, I'm not all the way through it, but I've really enjoyed suits. It's kind of, okay. it's kind of, if you were ever into like numbers, Mm. It's kind of got a little bit of that feel to it oh, where like the, the co-main co-lead is a kid with a photographic memory. Oh, um, so, okay. And um, it, it's, it's, it's good. It's worth, it's worth watching. I didn't, okay. other than her, I didn't really know any of the actors or actresses in this series. Now there's people that have popped up now that I've been watching it, like right. Dulé Hill uh, pops up who was on West Wing is kind of how yeah. Dooley made his name. And then um, what was the, there was a show he was on for, that had a good long run after West Wing where he yes, was with the kid is. who was like super observant, but he just pretended to be psychic because people would never, what was the name of that show? Psych. Psych. Yeah. Psych. So Dooley was Psych. on Psych. Um, I can't remember her name, but um, the actress that played Laverne on Scrubs, uh, it comes up and is, is on the show uh, for a while. So I've like, I've seen some known people, but none of the main characters, um, uh, maybe one, I think I, I, I had seen her in other things. Anyways, I've gotten thoroughly sucked in. Now I know like, as we're trying to coordinate recording this evening, you said you were, you were all in some intense show. Like you needed a warning, like give me a few minutes so I can wrap things up. So what's got you sucked in? Can you disclose it here on the podcast? I can, though I'm slightly embarrassed because uh, I contrast with my life. My parents and I have gotten into Homeland, which is now on Hulu. Um, and full disclosure, there's a lot of F words and there's some nudity. So I don't, uh, yeah, you just have to be aware of that. But I thought it was just two seasons and it's actually eight. So the original show is actually an Israeli TV show that I watched when I lived in Israel. The premise is fantastic. Um, so they adapted it slightly for America, but basically it starts first episode. There's a CIA agent. Uh, she's in Iraq and her contact tells her there was a POW who was turned. Well, we don't have any POWs, you know, six months pass and all of a sudden on a raid, you know, our Navy SEALs find a uh, POW for eight years, he's been missing. So he comes home and she's convinced he's bad. So that's first episode, right? And of course, there's so much interconnected drama with his family. Um, yeah, it is, um, like I said, there's some, there's some F words and some nudity. Uh, so don't watch it with your kids. But it's so well written. And so is the Israeli show. So that's been really fun. But the Israeli show ended well before eight seasons. Um, 
that actually tonight, I can't even say this, it's a massive spoiler, but there's something that seems like a main character is literally about to be hung in a foreign nation. And you texted me, I'm ready to go. And, and my dad's like, we can't stop this. I said, sorry, sorry. I, like, I'm, I'm literally sobbing as you said, you're ready. Like, I'm crying. My dad is crying. Like there, you think like this person has almost died so many times, but I think it's for real this time. And we don't know. I, I, I literally don't know what's going to happen if, if this person really dies because there's five more seasons. It's so um, dramatic and traumatic. And I had to stop. Like literally they're walking towards the execution. And I'm like, dad, Kale just texted me. Sorry. So um, no. we are sucked in. I, I think my parents wish they weren't yeah. because of all the bad stuff. But it's so, um, it gets you. It's really so well written and it's so um, emotionally appropriate. They don't uh, over dramatize like these feelings. It's very, yeah, I just, I appreciate the the grittiness and the reality of it. So I'm, I wasn't, yeah, I'm ashamed to admit that out loud, but I, I'm watching it and I love it. No, it's, it's it. Claire Danes, right, is the lead. Yes. And it's, um, who's the guy that's bipolar. like her boss, she's Mandy Patinkin, is that his name, right? Mandy Patinkin is in it. Kills yes. It. Yeah. Yes. And then I didn't know this, but Robert Friend or Fiend, however you say it is in it, which girls would know because he's in Pride and Prejudice. Anyways, it's just fantastic. Um, yeah, incredibly well-written, incredibly well-acted, incredibly shot. Yes. And uh, yeah, it's fantastic. But anyway, so we have to wait now a whole yeah. till tomorrow and night. So the point here, listeners, is just to continue to come to the Sod 7 podcast for more hot takes on just decades-old shows. But you know what we're dying to see, what comes out tomorrow. Come on, you got to know. Uh, the last season of Jay, uh, Jack Ryan, Tom Fancy, oh, Amazon yeah, Prime. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I know. Uh, this is it. Tomorrow. It premieres tomorrow. Yeah. So I wasn't, we're going to have to I've loved that it. show, but I wasn't as crazy about last season. I had to okay, suspend more true. disbelief than usual last season. Yes, of course. But this is the final season, and they knew that. So it's. I, I believe in them. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Well, while, so while we're talking frivolous entertainment here, um, I'll say I still haven't seen Guardians 3, and I've managed to avoid all spoilers. I'm very proud of that. Um, I haven't seen the new Spider-Man animated movie. The first one was fantastic, and oh, I've okay. heard this one's just meh. Oh. Uh, and so I'm probably not going to see it. I, I don't know what it is. Like, there's... Um, a new Marvel show focused on Nick Fury. Enlightened? Is that it? Enlightened? I don't, I don't know, but I'm just like not fired up tanked. to see it at something, all. Yeah, something just massively tanked. My my dad just saw Guardians on Monday, Sunday. He loved it. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah, I've heard and nothing said, but great things about Guardians. I, I said, did I, Chris Pratt live? He said, of course. I said, well, did he almost die? And he's like, he almost died. I said, did everyone else die? Maybe they died. I was like, well, thanks for nothing, Dad. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, um, not for any particular reason, but it's just been so off. I don't know that Guardians is going to be my last like Marvel Cinematic. Well, okay, let me rephrase. I know Guardians won't be my last Marvel Cinematic Universe movie 
because I'm stoked out of my mind for Deadpool 3. Okay, Uh, is that a Marvel thing? It is a Marvel thing, and Hugh Jackman is coming back for that movie as Wolverine. It's a big deal. Uh, I thought Wolverine was like in the Batman universe group. Oh, Becca, so many people are so mad at you for saying that right now. People just threw their phones, people yanked off their AirPods as you said that. There's a lot of really angry nerds right now. Uh, Listeners, I I apologize. I apologize for what was just said on my podcast. We might might bleep that out. Please don't other me. I I just haven't (laughs) seen any of them. So, no, uh, Wolverine is a Marvel character. Uh... Not not DC, but like all the X-Men movies predated like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's why I don't think he's one of them. Yes. So there was a it was a very big deal that there was a crossover with Patrick Stewart as Professor Xavier in Doctor Strange 2. Okay. Which is the same place that all of a sudden Jim from The Office pops up as part of the Fantastic Four. These movies have been out for a while. I feel no shame in in spoiling these for anyone. You know I've seen none of them. But I don't know anything you're talking about. Like between the X Men movies <laughs> that Hugh Jackman did, uh, and then he did the standalone Wolverine movie Logan that was incredible, yeah. unbelievable. It might at the time it might have been the first or the only superhero movie that had an R rating. Not that that should be like a goal, but that just tells you how raw it was. Um, like it was just crazy. It's, it's an incredible movie again, unbelievably acted. And then like, he was gonna be done with Wolverine, like going out on a high note. And because there's no better salesman on the planet earth right now than Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds can sell anything to anyone. He's selling like sixth tier English soccer to the whole world. And everybody's psyched about it. Um, he, he got him. To come come back, he's gonna be Wolverine in Deadpool three, and it will wow. be amazing. But I just I don't know. Like so many of the more recent movies, just haven't been good. It's just not moving me. I still haven't seen yeah. the Ant Man one. I, I don't know. I'm for the longest time I was like, yeah, you got. I got to see that next thing. I got to see the show. Mm. Um, and I still think wait, maybe they can salvage some of the TV stuff. I don't know. Like. Uh, WandaVision was fantastic and Loki was fantastic. Okay. I might be motivated to come back for that stuff. Uh, I don't know. So I've just been out of the the entertainment loop. I'm excited for the prequel and the second season of Terminal List whenever those come, right. which might be yeah. a while because the writers in Hollywood are still on strike and the actors are all about to join them. And yep. from what I understand, the Directors Guild is not far behind. Yep. Um, so get used to reruns. Like who's yeah. happier about all this than like Netflix and Hulu and all the streamers. Exactly. Um, so yeah, like I saw that the, the last Jack Ryan was coming and I just wasn't because the last okay, season, I wasn't super psyched about it. I don't know. Fair enough. Okay. Well, I will tell you if it's worthwhile, but suits worth the watch. Okay. Okay. Good to know. So, and when you watch them, then you can come and tell us all about it. On Twitter. Why are you not? What is your hesitation? Why are you not there already? I know. I actually am just going on to your Twitter right now. I think my hesitation is it's just another 
you know, you know, I would be sucked in. Like, I don't have an in-between gauge. And I think I've just hesitated because I don't need another thing that just, I have a new job. I have to care about more than Twitter. And I think I would care about Twitter more. It's, just, it's so much fun now. It's so much fun. And then listen, so like listeners will know, um, I, I've been saying like I needed to be doing more to kind of promote and have a bigger presence for the right. podcast. And I don't know why I didn't think to to pivot to it sooner, probably because of all the censorship and it was, you know, had become kind of a downer. But I'm like, no, like Twitter's always made sense to me. I've always had a presence there. I'm going to do it, right? So in two weeks, like two weeks, okay. I like 6 x my followers on there. Now, I was starting from a very small number okay, because I hadn't been doing anything on Twitter. Like I had the account right. and I just wasn't posting. Uh, so I had 6 x almost 7 x my followers in two, two and a half weeks. I okay. made one kind of jokey post about AOC. One. And I've dropped. You're kidding me. I don't know. What percentage is two sevenths of my followers? <laughs> <laughs> so whatever, whatever that is since I what, did that. And is- they have not. I was, I was gaining followers daily and after i made that post I, listen i'm no conspiracy theorist but after i made that post i dropped followers and it's just stayed stagnant for like a week what's your handle why can't i find solid seven what do you mean why can't it's just it's it's solid the number seven podcast I've just been searching, searching while we're talking and I can't find it. There you are. So, and, and, and I'll tell you, and there will be times I will absolutely mock right wingers on there because there's things that the right wingers say and do that's absolutely freaking ridiculous. Um, but so AOC posted a video, Uh um, bashing my state and my governor and talking Where she to, goes to vacation. Talking, so this is a, a congresswoman, not a senator, um, not even statewide office. This is a congresswoman representing this little district in New York um, who's sounding off about things in Florida, um, why her constituents don't want her to be more focused on their issues and what's going on there. I don't know. But she's talking about, uh, you know, everything that DeSantis is doing to disenfranchise the vote here. And she, and she's talking about, you know, how like the voice of the people at the ballot box needs to be heard um, is, is the case that she's, she's making. And um, so, you know, as, as one does with these things, I, uh, I quote tweeted it, uh, this video. And, um, hang on, I'm trying to find exactly, uh, when was the date? I'm how trying I to find it here. It. I'm scrolling back. So it's, I don't know. It's six days old. It's almost a week ago. So, you know, the format where it's like, no one, absolutely no one says this thing. And then right. somebody else says it. So I kind of did that format. And you so did I, the elbow. I said, AOC Floridians should have their will at the ballot box honored Floridians overwhelmingly reelect governor DeSantis. At the ballot box. And then I did the shrugging Elmo. 
because <laughs> uh, I'm like I yeah. our our will at the ballot box is being honored because he's our exactly. he's our governor. governor. Um, we wanted, yeah. and so I didn't think that was like particularly derogatory. I felt like that was a a pretty tame mockery, but um, either some of the followers legitimately didn't like that fair enough. Uh, but I think it's pretty clear what's happening here. I think I'm being shadow banned and, uh, I think Elon still has some work to do on the algorithm and still has to, to weed out some bad apples. And I think that's the only obvious explanation. It makes sense to me. It's also possible that a significant portion of the followers that I were gaining were Russian bots and they just cleaned those up. Could be any of these things. But uh, we'll never know. Yeah, we'll never know. Not until we're BFF with Elon. It's coming. One one day. One degree of separation right now. Baby stepping towards that every day. (laughs) Yeah, we have. uh, I can't remember. It's for the really the first time since I've for the time that we've been doing the podcast. I've got episodes kind of stacked. Um, I've had, um, a few different, like two recording days. Uh, so, you know, for listeners that haven't heard me talk about kind of our production schedule before, because we tend to do some things are more interview style and I can sit on those for a little bit of time, which is what I'm doing right right now, uh, to make the release schedule work. Um, but when, when we're doing an episode like this, if this thing's a week old, it's, it's dead fish. I mean, it's just not, none of it matters. Right. So it's normally a pretty tight production schedule. We're normally recording uh, and releasing within three, typically days. four days at the, at the longest mm-hmm. is the production schedule. And so now I've got some of these big names and these, these episodes where it's like, I can't keep in like the episode numbers in the release dates straight in my head. So oh. I actually oh. have an episode in the can right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that will release after this um, mm-hmm. with someone who Elon follows on Twitter and who has directly interviewed Elon and uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's a, it's a fun one. I'm excited to, I mean, I don't know why I'm being coy about it. So it's uh, listeners. If you've ever heard of uh, Ellie in space, if you've ever heard of that account, if you've been trying to keep up what? with like space, Twitter and uh, space tube, really, uh, YouTube's kind of her her bread and butter, but very active on on Twitter, and yeah. uh, so at least it might be next week. Uh, what do I know? I'm not pulling up the the pod schedule right now. It's it's so uh, it's been so whatever right now that I actually. Uh, so we're recording right now. It's Thursday night as Becca and I sit here way too late in the evening, and uh, <clears throat> I have another I had another recording scheduled for tomorrow, uh, and right. I actually got an email today. Just one of those like. Hey, so sorry. Hate to do this. Have to reschedule. And I saw that email. I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a great guest, and I'm I'm super excited to to have him on the podcast. But I'm like, I'm if it doesn't screw up my release schedule too much or at all, I'm I'm a okay right. with moving yeah. that recording date. Yeah. I could use yeah. a nap. So yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been interesting. Well, I, um, I'm just going to go ahead and put this out there. I don't have a date for this yet, but uh, so uh, we love our affiliates here. Uh, you know, GoRuck, yeah. 
uh, origin uh, Jocko fuel. Uh, but our, our newest one, our latest one, it's been a couple of months now, but is Tuttle Twins. We've talked about it on here. Mm-hmm. Big fans of the Tuttle Twins books. And then here more recently, they're in season two of, I don't think I've talked about this story on the podcast yet, just because of the, the weirdness of the episodes that I've had. Okay. Holy crap. Breaking news. So, uh, so Tuttle, there's a Tuttle Twins TV show now. The artwork is different. It's drawn different than the books, but the stories and the, okay. the sentiment is, is different. The same. And it's okay. on, uh, it's all like viewer supported, which makes it sound like PBS, but it's not at all. Um, and it's on the Angel Network. So if you've watched Chosen, anything like that, Jim Caviezel has this baller. Well, we should talk about that while we're talking entertainment and talk about this movie that's coming out through Angel with Jim Caviezel. I can't believe this isn't on your radar, Becca. Okay, but I'm not going to rabbit trail yet. We'll come back to that. Uh, uh-huh. But so the Tuttle Twins cartoons are fantastic, and we've talked about them on here, and it's why we became affiliates. Uh, so I'm on Twitter, as one does. And uh-huh. so, like, one of the – I don't know how long this has been around because, again, I hadn't been as, as active on Twitter, but there's these Twitter spaces, right, okay. where it's almost like – it's like a big Zoom, but it's audio only. So you can open up a Twitter space and people can hop on and it's all these people can come in and listen and anybody can request to go live. And so you can have different guests. And so I see that the Tuttle Twins TV uh, account is live in a Twitter space with, uh, I had no idea what it was, but it said the Orange Pill app. So I'm like, oh, so I okay. click in to listen. So the Orange Pill app, uh, Pill app, come to find out, is this um, like social networking app for people who were into Bitcoin. Oh, so okay. that's, you know, Bitcoin, you know, all their stuff's mm-hmm. orange. So the Orange Pill app. So I, I'm listening to the talk because they did an episode of this kid's cartoon, which is crazy, about Bitcoin like two episodes ago. Uh, and so they had them on and they're talking about that. And I came into the the space a little late, but they get towards the end and they're kind of opening it up for, does anybody want to chime in with any questions or anything like that? And nobody's popping up. I'm like, well, I'll hit my little microphone button. Um, and so uh, they bring me on. I'm like, hey guys, as a podcast, I just thought I'd, you know, be the, you know, the token podcaster that has to speak up. Chatted with them, talked about how much we liked the show, dropped some points so that they knew it was real and that I wasn't uh, full of crap. So I'm talking with, uh, you know, Dan Harmon and Johnny. Johnny, I'm sorry, I forget your name right now, uh, who voices one of the characters. But Dan Harmon is the is the EP and the creator of the show. Like, so he got the rights uh, uh, to it. And so, like, Dan Harmon, you might not have heard his name, but if you've ever heard of Harmon Brothers, like, the Harmon Brothers agency yeah. is behind uh, – like the marketing behind Squatty Potty, Poopery, I don't know why everything's poop, uh, but purple brand like mattresses and stuff. Uh-huh. Like they're this uh-huh. big, big marketing production hey. agency. Yeah. He's doing this. Yeah. So I'm just sitting there uh, chatting with uh, the guys from Tuttle Twins TV and Brian DeMint, who I can't remember Brian's exact role at the um, uh at the, the orange pill app, it's, he's like CTO or or something along those lines. There's a C and an O and there's some middle letter in between. Uh, but Brian's also a best-selling author. He wrote the book, Bitcoin evangelism, um, and is a a best-selling author with that. So I end up connecting with Brian. So before I'm done, like these days, I've just gotten so shameless with the ask for the podcast. Cause I'm just like, 
is there's just no skin off my nose if somebody says no, just none whatsoever. <laughs> so I rapped before I got on that space and I'm like, and you know, I'm like, Hey guys, love the show. And if you guys would ever be open to it, would love to have you on the podcast. Kind of a, you know, uh, well, we'll just throw the word out twice in one episode, kind of a douchey thing to do to ask them publicly on the spot. Cause what are you going to say? Right. Yeah. We'd love right. to was their emphatic response, but I'm like, you don't know if that's real, but I'm like, at least I got the ask in there. Right. And really? so the next thing I know, Brian from orange pill app, he's DMing me afterwards, wanted to expound upon my questions and say, Hey, they were good questions. And I'd love to send you a copy of my book. Um, if you'd be interested, I'm like, yeah, would love to do it. Would love to have you come on the podcast. We, you know, we've talked crypto. I've certainly had no expert on before. It's all been, you know, yeah. uninformed surface level takes that kinds of thing. So like I'm chatting, I'm chatting with Brian, I get the book he's booked. So that episode's coming. So if you're like, I really don't get the crypto thing. I don't get blockchain. I don't get uh right. Bitcoin. Like wait for it. I'm diving in like Stephen Curtis Chapman and, um, it, there you go. The Christians are all laughing. If, if that joke didn't land, just don't worry about it. Just, just roll on, uh, with your life. So like, I want to go deep on that. I'm going to put out the ability for you guys to send questions. Like I'm really looking forward to having Brian on for that. And so I, 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 um, I, in messaging with him, I'm like, Hey, if you wouldn't mind sharing, I'm like, was there, a, was there good contact information that you used for the guys? I'm like, or was it just through Twitter? He's like, no, just, just Twitter is how I got a hold of him. So I slide into the old Twitter DMs, yeah. just Tuttle Twins TV, which I'm it. like, like these guys are running the Tuttle Twins okay. TV account, right? Like whatever. But I send my message. I'm like, Hey, really enjoyed speaking with you. You know, as uh -huh. I said, would love to have you on sometime. I don't hear anything for, I don't know, two, three days. I don't know. Something like that. Sure. Next thing I know, notification, Tuttle Twins TV follows you on Twitter and I get a contact back. Hey, we'd, we'd love to come on. Uh, you know, here's the, here's the contact information. So uh, recording date, not set yet, but creators of the Tuttle Twins TV show coming to the big fat solid soap podcast. It's coming. Okay. I so, cannot believe it. Yeah. I'm, I'm stoked for those. For it's sure. So exciting. Yeah. So exciting. It's been such a crazy run. Like I'm not uh, Becca, Becca will tell you and please believe me when I tell you, I'm not paying her to, to say this. There's no, as a matter of fact, being a regular on this podcast has probably cost Becca. It's certainly cost her three figures in just a Jacko go addiction at the very least. Right. Like there's no gain here. Yes. Um, None of what, other than the fact that I'm maybe a little more heavily filtered on the podcast than I am, not heavily, uh, but at no point yet have you guys gotten the full raw unfiltered kale. That hasn't happened yeah, on the podcast. It's true. It's but true. it's one of those where, um, you know, I might not say everything about I believe, but I'll never say something that I don't believe on here. Right. Absolutely. So, um, Absolutely. like I'm not faking any any of this on here no. so when i say like i love the stable of regular guests i do like i think the people that i bring on that are just from our everyday life that are our close friends and, and people we've gotten to know hold up against any of these guests on any big podcast right and i mean that but kind of the run of special guests here lately um and we've had some doozies before that uh you know we all know i, I fangirl over and love 
Um, but, uh, some of these recent ones and some of what's coming, uh, is pretty crazy. It's so fun. It's so fun for me because I mean, I've known you for ever. It feels so long. Um, and I've always thought this is a medium you would flourish because I've just always loved our conversations whenever I see you and your ability to explain things, to take complex or not even complex, but the everyday themes and make it make sense. Um, so yeah, when you launched this, you know, originally, and, and you had Josh RIP back in the day, who, who's still alive. So maybe I shouldn't make that joke. The it's OGs, so fun. I say RIP every time I mention him on here. Yeah. We miss the OGs, you. no, Josh is still alive. Miss Love you, Josh. buddy. Wish you were still here with uh, us. Yeah. <laughs> so um, actually, I was thinking of him the other day. I forgot his dog's name. And I was like, I wonder how his dog is. Kate, Kate, Kuma. Kate, Kuma. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, okay. Um, and to see you, you know, slowly morph, okay, what am I going to do without Josh and the way you picked up steam and how you have just been crushing it and just building slowly, 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 uh, you know, most podcasts fail within seven episodes. My dude, you're going on like year two, year three. What even is it? This is Can again, you know? I'm very confused. It's not that I collected my thoughts. I just have... Um, the background of this is actually very organized, how I do the show notes, how I book the guests, that kind of thing. And so only because it's the header on our show notes, I know that this will be episode 118. Okay. Yeah. Which is insane, Kale. So yeah, just as someone who has been around. I felt like it was insane. Have you listened to 117 yet? Have you listened to Steph Galdrow yet? I didn't. I'm sorry. I just started a no. new job. It's killing me. I wanted to listen today. It's okay. Steph's amazing. It's such a fun episode. Um, and mm. um, she's over 4 billion downloads. 4, 4 billion? 4 million. Steph's got a lot of downloads on her podcast. <laughs> she's like 400 episodes deep. I think it's million. Billion's kind of crazy. Um, I guess I, I can just look, look, I'm just going to look at that Steph show notes here. Watch me start playing a podcast, 4 million downloads. So Insane. I feel like I stole the thunder misspeaking and saying a billion. It's a lot of downloads. So I told her on the episode, I'm like, well, I felt like I, you know, we hit two years and a hundred episodes. I'm like, woohoo, but never mind. <laughs> yeah. The days of my, I don't remember which episode of mine it was where I was the number one downloaded episode you had. They're so far gone. It's unbelievable. I forget he even surpassed me. Dan Skidmore way back in the day surpassed me first. kills on here. Cadre DS. Dude. Always welcome anytime here. Fantastic, though. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I can't even be upset. You're just crushing it. It's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Some of these recent ones. The Ellie episode was so, so fun. Her story's so cool. She's doing really cool content. Um, Jala, if you haven't listened to that one, Dude, Jala just makes you want to go out and run through walls. Yeah. Big, thick just, brick walls. Uh, so, yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. I said, and like I said, regular's been killing it. The last episode with Alvarado, so much mm-hmm. fun. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, was, I was just texting with uh, Mike Redacted here today. He's he's coming back around in the queue here before oh, too good, long. Oh, because he's also a new job. He's also a new job. Yeah, ish. Okay, back to an old job. Yeah, new, new job. New old he can't job. talk about any of his jobs, so it doesn't matter. But for the world to know, it's, uh, it's new. So you'll never know. Yeah. Same with his last name. 
So back to entertainment real quick, because I want to put this on people's radars. Oh, okay. So um, there is, I, I want to talk about, right, because I don't remember the the title off the top of my head, but. The James Caviezel movie? Yes. Yeah, it's called Sound of Freedom. I, I Googled it while you were talking. Yeah, and it's about like child trafficking. Yeah. And it's a true story and it's really well acted. It's really, really well done. And like, this isn't your like Kirk Cameron left behind movie. Love you, Kirk. Um, like this is like a, a Hollywood, like this is a theatrical release. And Ew. I don't know if I have all my facts straight here on this, but I want to say Disney had the rights to this thing and just shelved it for years. And okay. not only is Angel Studios doing a theatrical release for this movie, mm -hmm. but they do this whole um, like um, pay it forward system, even with the shows on their thing. So you can donate right. and pay for other people to watch without paying. So they've know, done their it. whole pay it forward thing for like theater tickets to this movie in the theater. So like if you want to go see this film yeah. and I mean, it's oh, Tim Ballard. I know him. Kill, you know, I'm friends with him. The real guy. Oh, wouldn't I it? Wouldn't it be great to have him on the podcast? I'm I'm literally when I when you said this was a true story, I was like, I wonder if this is about Tim. It is. Becca, my hand to God, if I don't end this night with his contact information, <laughs> you can lose my number. Are you okay, kidding me? First of all, that's dramatic. Calm down. Um, I'm just gonna give you the polite because we're on air. I would love to pass it on to you. But we'll have to see. He he has a life that I would I would want to just verify with him before I pass it on. But anyways, this yeah. is such garbage right now. <laughs> I love you after all I've done. After all I've done for you, <laughs> what, what, what have you done for me? <laughs> First of all, I've been asking you to find me a husband for like my entire life, and so far you've done nothing. You have no nieces or nephews listen, because of your lack of help for listen, me. Listen, there is no greater dating service than being on staff at a church. You might as well have started the timer day one. You're fine. I don't know, dude. This is a church in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, where... Yeah, but you said it's like 700 people. You have like half the population there. I know, but everybody got married at like 15 and had kids by 17. So we'll just see. We'll I'm see. still I'll pushing for an Amish, dude. <laughs> oh, gosh. Get you a okay. buggy and a barn and some pie. Hot. Dude, so hot. Listen, listeners, if you haven't had, I, I, I don't know how many times I've said this when Becca's on. It comes up frequently because she's in Amish country. But if you haven't right, had right. Amish baked goods, if you haven't had uh, an Amish pie or cobbler, you haven't lived. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's a different deal. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, cool. I 100, like legit, if we could make that connection, I get if we can't. But man, that'd right. be awesome to uh, to make that happen, especially right around now. But this movie looks incredible, and Jim, like Cafizel, mm -hmm. I mean, he's supposed to be, but this isn't like he made a bunch of money off this, and he's got to promote this because right. of a studio deal. Like he's behind this thing, and the story that it's telling is real and terrifying, and it's one of the yes. biggest tragedies and issues of our time, and it's not front and center, and right. it needs to be. Um, I know, and I know people have their issues with them and I know why, but I know Mel Gibson's working on a film exposing some of the underbelly of stuff like this and in Hollywood and stuff. I, there, there, there's some reckonings coming for a lot of things right now, but 
yeah, this this movie yeah. looks incredible. So I'm it, and it's awesome. Yeah. It'll be on the Angel Network, but they're doing an actual theatrical release too. Mm-hmm. So super stoked for them cool. about that. Super fun. Yeah. I love it. I don't what's the release date? I want to find it real quick. July fourth. Well, there you go. Imagine that. You would think that would have stuck in my head. So the day after you're listening to this, you can go to the theater and see it. So and then afterwards celebrate America. Which I where do you come like, is this just me being pedantic? I I don't like calling it July fourth anymore, and I don't like other people calling it July fourth. You were giving the actual okay. date, it's fine. But that's not the holiday. It's Independence Day. The right. holiday is yeah. Independence Day. We don't be like, hey, are you excited about the end of the month? Yeah, December 25th is my favorite. That's not a thing. Mm-hmm. I know. This is a big deal for you because you're like, you know, in love with all the founding fathers and the founding of our country and blah, blah, blah. It's true. I love it also. Um, I don't have an issue if people say July 4th, but it is Independence Day. Also the day Thomas Jefferson and John Adams died. Yeah. Same day. 50, 50 years to the day after the declaration was signed. Which is just, I think, the chef's kiss on those men who, uh, I wish we had men such as them today. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. They'd be on Twitter. TJ would be yeah. on Twitter. John would too. Grumpy old man. He'd be all about that Twitter life. Oh, they would be ripping each other to Oh shreds. my gosh. You know what I want? <clears throat> I want somebody to generate like, like feed all of their letters and stuff into AI and give us them on Twitter. Like, give me AI John Adams. It would be awesome. But don't I, don't futz yeah. with it. Don't make it woke. Yeah, you can. I because in one of my trainings in the spring before I, I left my job, we had all these. Oh, what are we going to do? Kids are using AI for things, and to prove that they can do that. They populated um, a dialogue between it was um, Washington and Jefferson, and they populated this entire dialogue that would fit in their word, uh, you know, verbiage, the way they used it's everything, and it, it was so legit, it was crazy. Yeah, and so, if you put it to music, it. it's the sequel to Hamilton. Yeah, there we go. Well, speaking of our founding fathers and their genius and the amazing government they handed to us that we've managed to screw up in countless ways, uh, there was some uh, there's an interesting Supreme Court decision that uh, came down today as we are recording. Recording on Thursday. Um, yeah. I didn't catch the, the actual case name for this. I know it was addressing cases what it, well at Harvard and uh, I think one of the North Carolina universities, I think, too, right? Actually, that's a great, I just know it's, yeah, UNC and Harvard. But long story short, the Supreme Court basically ended affirmative action today. Mm -hmm. They did, which is, in my opinion, fantastic because it was uh, discriminatory. Yes. I, I mean, the thing is, this is what's, okay, first of all, what's so interesting is I started last year actually reading the briefs that they that come out, you know, 60, 70, 90 paces, the original, and then all of the, you know, supporting arguments and counter arguments, because I wanted to know for myself. Um, but more than any other, and I haven't finished reading them, I've just been seeing highlights right now. So I have to, I want to sit for myself. But they go at each other in their either supporting or, you know, contrasting arguments, instead of the case. 
And I've never seen them do that before. And to me, it's just, it's just really fascinating that they're naming each other and tearing each other to shreds, you know, the nine of them. Anyways, um, I, I do personally think uh, there is racial bias in this nation. I don't think it is as uh, severe as people want to make it out to be. I do think uh, slavery was a real thing that was horrible and uh, praise God was ended and should never have been enacted in the first place. But affirmative action, it's not the answer. And you don't, yeah, what, you can't solve racism with racism. Right. So, you know, and, and legally, yeah, I mean, honestly, there. John Roberts' argument that he wrote, you know, he was the first argument in, in why, it makes sound like reason. It's sound reason. It, the logic flows. It fits the Constitution. And in an ideal world, it would be sufficient. So I'm just really curious because what they didn't say, you know, you can still use racial um, categories in your essays to allow people to come so you can still use racial categories as a reasoning you know for or against admitting students but yeah and what's also fascinating to me is like california got rid of affirmative action was was it six years ago ten years ago i don't even know and the amount of people of color graduating from colleges in california skyrocketed so part of me is just like maybe the liberals should chill out for a hot second because your most liberal state actually eliminated affirmative action it's at least six years ago and they had more people of color graduating so yeah, I, I'm curious how this is going to trickle down. And, and also with just leaving higher ed, I know the world of higher education. And I know even this decision is going to impact things that were like impact the way my college did admissions. So I'm, I'm just really curious the trickle down effects of this. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad it's gone. And especially like, you know, I'm a, I'm a white girl, but I'm a girl. and it is hard to get into some places as a woman, not a man, but I would never have wanted to be let in the door because that place needed a quota of women. Yeah. I want to do it on my own merit, my own skill, my own capabilities. Um, and even Michelle Obama, sorry, wow, I'm really on a roll here, but I, Michelle Obama, oh my gosh, love her heart, her uh, big statement was so fascinating to me because she spends the whole like first page and a half of it talking about she was uh, in the, one of these like elite institutions herself, but she knows she was only there because of affirmative action and she always felt less than, but at the same time she was there. So it was okay. And I just think to myself, but that's fine for her. You know, it's fine for her to say that, but that wouldn't have been fine for me. I would never want to be somewhere because you have to check a quota. You know, this church didn't hire me because they needed a woman on staff. They hired me, you know, they rejected so many other men and a couple ladies because I'm the best person, you know, like for this time, for this season. Yeah. Anyway, I, it's very controversial. My, you know, 
news feeds have been blowing up, but I'm personally thankful. Well, it's what's funny is, of course, people who disagree with the decision um, are decry, including our our president, have decried that this is a, a rogue court. And right, right. There's such a solid constitutional basis for this decision in the Fourteenth Amendment. That right. I'm like, no, they they did exactly what they're supposed to do. This wasn't a this vote wasn't a, purely along ideological lines. It was a six three vote, not a five four vote. Right. Um, you know, and it's, it's just like it, it, the affirmative action was so clearly and patently racist mm-hmm. on its surface. The, the simplest and most demonstrative breakdown of, of how and why affirmative action was wrong and how you could just feel it in your gut. Uh, I saw from John Stossel and John Stossel, and I'm sure you can go out and find it. Uh, John Stossel set up and did an affirmative action bake sale where the price you were paying for the baked goods varied based upon your race. And the items were most expensive for Asians and cheapest for, for blacks and whites and Mexicans were in between. And of course, people were up in arms as well. They should have been, but it's just such a, a eloquent and concise illustration of what affirmative action was and other than a medical questionnaire we shouldn't need to include our race on paperwork for anything shouldn't why any admissions board would need to know the race of an applicant is beyond me and what's funny is and you hit on it harvard actually already released a statement uh, you know, decrying how disappointed they are in the decision, but they even referenced in their press release that the decision allowed for essays to consider right. their experience with race and the admissions decisions could still be based on that and, right. you know, followed with, and we intend to fully comply with this decision. Basically they're saying, we still fully intend to be racist. We'll just exactly. keep, we'll just keep doing that. Right. It's, it's really insane. It reminds me, we already mentioned this show once, but we both love the West wing. You remember Ainsley, the blonde chick? I love Ainsley right Hayes here? more than any other character in all of fiction. Are you kidding me? Wow. I didn't know it was that strong. Um, but I remember it was the, they hired her as the token Republican, right, on staff. She's a copywriter, I think, or something, speechwriter for Sam. And the well, episode. She, she was an her, attorney, but okay, carry on. And the president actually okay. wanted her. She wasn't a token she, hire because she was smart, but okay. I'll allow She it. wasn't my favorite character. Why don't you tell the story? It was something with the women, and everyone's like, why are you not for this? And she's like, my rights are in the constitution. Why do I need an extra amendment telling me I had those rights? And to me, in an ideal world, that would be sufficient. So yeah, it's, I do think we need to do better um, in the inner cities. Like our kids, you know, I have a lot of friends that teach in downtown Baltimore, which is just deplorable and abysmal um, and so sad. Why aren't we investing money in actually helping our students um, living in poverty in lower socioeconomic standards instead of 
culture war issues. Are you a man or a woman? Let's teach them basic basic math or how to read. Anyways, I don't want to get on a tangent. I don't want to become political. So it's late at night. I had a job go go. So I'm feeling feisty. <laughs> but yeah, it's a uh, interesting day this yeah. Thursday where this I knew this, this one would, would get you fired up, but it's uh you know and i i know that i mean if you're prone to disagree with me on this i'm not going to sway you already my if you disagree with me you're already discounting my take on this because of my race and my privilege and whatever else but the reality is the only way to do governance right is to be a nation of laws and not of men and we all need to be equal in the eyes of the law and i believe that that's the decision that our Supreme court made today. I think that if you, if you want to change this, there's a method to do it, Mm -hmm. pass a constitutional amendment, but you, you've got to change the content of the 14th amendment. If, if to, to, to overturn this decision. Um, And yeah, I I don't know all the legal terminology around the court. It's its whole subculture, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and so there's, there's the majority decision. And normally if the chief justice is, is on in the majority, they'll normally write that. Um, and then you can write, I think it's a concurrence. I think it's like, I I agree and I'm the majority, but I want to give you my take too. Um, and then there's, there's the dissent and Clarence Thomas is again, I don't know if it's the right term, but concurrence is fire. Do you have some of the quotes up? I don't. I don't. I read it earlier today. Um, Ooh, he is. I mean, you either love him or you hate him. Um, but I, his legal mind, he's a gift. I think. Yeah. To humanity, I agree. So, listeners, if you haven't already, uh, look that up and and read it. It's it's worth the read. Read read the dissents. Um, but right. It's uh, it, I, I saw somebody make the joke, but it, it's funny because it's really not a joke. Um, uh, uh, it, it might have even been Babylon B. Um, like awkward situation when Supreme Court strikes down affirmative action in the presence of a court member who was an affirmative action hire, and they're making the point of and like this was openly stated, Katanji Brown was nominated to the Supreme court because she was a black woman. That's it. Right. It's to me disappointing. Yeah. Uh, Many universities have for too long wrongly concluded that the touchstone of an individual's identity is not challenges bested skills built or lessons learned, but only the color of their skin. And our nation's constitutional history does not tolerate that choice. I mean, to me, it boggles the mind that everyone doesn't celebrate that quote. Yeah. But we don't because, yeah, I I could go on. I will refrain. Yeah, there's a lot of great takeaways there from him. So... It, it was interesting. It, it's been interesting with this court. And I know there's people who think it's illegitimate and think it's activist. And, um, you know, when the court is, is the other way, then we just flip arguments. <laughs> right. Yeah. When it, but, uh, I mean, 
you know, like the Dobbs decision. I mean, there's just been some big things to fall here recently that, um, Oh yeah. North Carolina, the gerrymandering case, that was a huge one. Yeah. That was also did not go with party lines. Uh, so yeah, they and went again, with, it's, it's funny. Like on that, like the, you know, the people who are decrying a rogue court and illegitimate court, all those things today, there's you don't hear a peep when there's a decision like that, and it's the it's the same it's the same courts, the same justices. Yes, that's true. You know, I also love you know what was the unanimous decision today? There's a couple today that they released that were unanimous. I can't remember them, but yeah, it's. Nancy Pelosi, she gave an interview yesterday, so this was even before the case came out, just talking about term limits and, you know, all the receiving of special gifts. And she said, listen, I'm not saying that we need to stack the court. There was a congressional committee looking into should we or not, and they decided that we shouldn't. So I will support that. However, there perhaps should be term limits and people shouldn't take bribes. And I just think to myself, homegirl, you have been in Congress since dinosaurs were alive. If anyone's going to talk about term limits, you should look in the mirror, number one. And number two, um, your husband and all of his extra money he gets on the stock exchange because of doing maneuvers just before something's decided in Congress. I mean, it's just the hypocrisy. And the, I know there's a thousand Republicans who have been in Congress also since the dinosaurs were alive. I, more than you, and we've talked about this last time I, you were on, I was on, I'm not all about our aging politicians. I think there's something to be said for the wisdom that comes in age. But I also think there's something to be said for cognitive ability. And I think in many cases we have uh, crossed over where that line is. I'll just leave it at that on both sides of the aisle. Um, anyways, wow, we, we need to stop talking about politics. It's getting late and I, I have no filter. <laughs> I, I just quickly, because I, I just saw it and I'm trying to find it real quick because we're it's bad enough when it's the politicians. But it's just as bad when it's the bureaucrats. And I just saw an article. Um, mm. Gosh, I'm trying to find it about Anthony Fauci. Now one, he did just get a sweetheart deal from a college uh, to go and be faculty because they, of course they take care of their own. Uh, that's, that's yeah. fine. But think about how long this dude worked for the federal government. It's insane. Uh, he had a, a government job for decades and decades. He he left as the uh, highest paid employee in the federal government. Right. Um. Gosh, why can't I find this? Was it maybe it was fake? Maybe it was fake news. I, I saw a report today that he bought this uh, massive, like hundred and twenty acre property. Um. I can't find it. Maybe it wasn't real. It was for like $19.5 million. I'm like, this dude just left decades in federal government. And somehow, I mean, I'm sure he was just a genius investor too. But again, like I say, like you said, it's not, it's not just the left. It's not just Nancy Pelosi. Um, you know, like, um, 
Uh, Dan Crenshaw out of Texas, uh, you know, former Navy SEAL with the eye patch. Um, right. Dan's investing has been miraculously on point. Right. Um, right. It, it's just, you know, I, I've said it on here before. We, we can end with this. I, I don't, you know, whatever you're yawning. It's, uh, you know, the listener, it's, it's just late. You're not, nobody's bored here. I hope. Um, but all, all you get elected to federal office for that matter. I don't, I don't care if you get elected to city council, your investments should have to go into a blind trust. You yeah. should have yeah. no say in how that money is managed or invested until you're out. Yeah, and and absolutely. any communication between you and whoever's managing that conveying any information should be treated like insider trading. Yes. Period. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Let's to make me, it. Let's, let's make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. When I run for a uh, public office one day, um, you know, I'm going to propose all these bills that will, you know, ensure I'm never reelected. <laughs> Term limits being one, but also that very idea: put the money in a blind trust. What are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, now that we've solved all the world's problems. Becca, yeah. it has been just lovely as yeah. always. A pleasure to have you Thanks here. Listeners, me. always a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for mm-hmm. once again sticking with us for a couple mm-hmm. of hours. Lots of talk about death. Um that's and you know, that's what we're here for at the Solid Seven Podcast. But listeners, we we appreciate you tuning in. If you would, whatever whatever your app you're listening on right now, if you wouldn't mind just finding the Subscribe, the follow button, the thumbs up, the five stars, all those things uh, are just a massive and importantly free way uh, to support us here at the Solid 7 Podcast. And if you haven't already, stop by the website, solid7podcast.com, solid, the number seven, podcast.com, where you can always find links to the latest episodes, just like the one you just listened to, links to all of our affiliates, our merch, our patches, uh, our very active Twitter account. You can find it uh, right there. Become a Patreon supporter. All the stuff you can do on basically every website, everywhere for anything, you you can do on, on ours. I don't think we're breaking any ground there. So maybe I should just stop describing how websites work to all of you. But uh, it's there if you want it. Stop on by. And uh, Becca, we love you. Listeners, we love you too. Until next week, we're out. Bye. The Solid 7 Podcast is a proud affiliate of GORUCK. GORUCK designs and builds the toughest gear on the planet, tested and proven at thousands of GORUCK events held all over the world and led by current and former Special Forces combat veterans. The GORUCK brand stands for Building Better Americans, the Special Forces way of life, and a life-or-death approach to building the world's toughest gear. Visit Solid7Podcast.com and click on the GORUCK link to learn more about their gear and events And a portion of every purchase and every event registration you make will go to support us here at the Solid 7 Podcast.